0: Forty years ago today, this very day, that Priscilla and I exchanged vows committing ourselves as husband and wife. We promised that for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, and we've checked off pretty much all those boxes, to love and to cherish till death do us part now if you can see that picture she doesn't have a single gray hair more obvious is that i did have hair and it wasn't gray now you can decide if it was 40 years or four kids that changed the hair dynamic in our family Uh, But honey, I love you and am grateful and could not imagine being on this journey without you. Um. And you folks have been with us on 28 of those 40 years. So uh, a large part of who we are uh, as a family uh, is thanks to you. So thank you. Hebrews chapter 12. Actually, we'll start at verse 39 of chapter 11. Text is going to be up on the screen, or you can find it in your Bible or an app. And uh, let's read together. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There is much that we don't know or understand about the book of Hebrews. In fact, I would suggest that if you listen to any teacher or preacher who tells you that they figured Hebrews out, they don't know what they're talking about. They're only fooling themselves. But what we do know is that it's it's an extended sermon. It's not really a letter. It's not really a book per se. But it's an extended word of encouragement and exhortation. Why? Would there be be need for such a book in, in the life of the early church? Well, real simple. It wasn't easy following Jesus. It wasn't easy following Jesus. It wasn't easy being identified with Jesus. It wasn't easy being a part of the church. It wasn't easy identifying with a community of faith that was looked upon with scorn and ridicule. Where the challenges were constant and the temptations were at times overwhelming. So I think verse 3 not only provides the heart of this verse, but maybe the heart of the entire book. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart." Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I wonder if there's anybody here today who's weary. I wonder if there's anybody who feels like they're about to lose heart. It's a long journey. It's a long journey. And if any of you have been told that following Jesus is easy, you've been misled. If any of you have been told that following Jesus means you won't have hard times, the person who told you that doesn't know what they're talking about. But on this great journey, remember this. Remember that you are not alone. We are not alone. Chapter 11 of Hebrews is that great roll call of faith. Of the men and women who lived by faith despite great calamity, who lived by faith sometimes when that faith would cost them their lives, who lived by faith, even though they may not see the promise of that faith fulfilled, but they lived by faith. They were commended for their faith. Since God had planned something better for us. You see here, folks? The writer is already including us. That God had us in His plans, even for the patriarchs, that only together with us would they be made perfect, complete. Oh, we are not alone. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on, encouraging us, pulling for us. We are reminded that in spite of the great temptation of self-importance, that it's not all up to us. That generation after generation after generation, God has had a people. People like you and me. And it's as if the race is a relay. And each generation has handed the torch off to the next. And those who have gone before applaud those who take the torch on to the next. And those further along the line are eagerly waiting for their turn, for their opportunity to live the faith, to share the faith. To live by faith. When we're ready to lose heart and we're overcome by our weariness, it's good to know we're not alone. It's always interesting when you go to visit someone in a time of, of tragedy. Maybe a home, maybe a nursing home, maybe maybe a hospital ICU. And I've had so many folks ask me or say to me, Pastor, I don't know what to say. What, what, what can I say to them that will make a difference? And most of the time, our response is don't worry about what you want to say. Just be there. Just be there. Give them a hug. Hold a hand. We all want to know that when we go through the hills and the valleys and the tragedies and triumphs of life that we're not alone. That there is someone there with us. And I am going to put an asterisk here to remind all of us that God doesn't make any Lone Ranger Christians. That God's intention is That God's desire is that we be a part of a community. That we be part of a family. We're not alone. On the great journey of life, we would do well to remember if we ever forget that it's not going to be easy. We need to beware of the distractions. The writer calls them the sins that so easily entangle us. The picture there for me is trying to... Uh, well, Davy is uh, Davy. Davy's in South Carolina. Uh, do any of the rest of y'all get your grandchildren mixed up? Um, Lila uh, right now is typically with us on Friday and Saturdays. Elizabeth's working, and so we get her on the weekend. It's, it's a great, great burden for us. But the amazing thing is how she... She can unpack stuff quicker than we can put it up. And, and and there are times that trying to walk through the den, you're stepping on this and twisting to get around that, and you can't get your balance and you're doing the best you can not fall. And sometimes it life's a lot like that. We just get our feet tangled up. And we lose our balance. And we stumble. And yeah, sometimes we fall. We need to be aware of the distractions. Those things that would entangle us. Like self-interest. Taking care of me first. Living my faith as if what matters most is me. People, it is such a temptation when people come into our lives to look at them for what they can do for us. That we live with that level of self-interest. You know the old saying, if you don't toot your own horn, who's going to toot it for you? But we need to be careful that we don't live that way. And that we get tangled up and lose our way. We need to be careful that we don't live for the approval of the crowd. Because crowds can be fickle. And what we do or say or how we live today that may gain their approval tomorrow or next week or next month is going to be passé. And the standards have changed. And it can be hard to keep up And if we only do what others approve of, we may well miss out on the approval of only one whose opinion matters. Jesus lived His life. The thing that made Jesus different from you and me is that he lived his life committed to knowing and doing the Father's will? That was what he was sold out for. His life was committed to knowing and doing the Father's will. That's it. You know that dangerous little phrase in the prayer that we prayed earlier? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done in my life, in my heart, in my words, in my actions, in my desires. May Your will be done in me just as it is in heaven. Folks, I I don't toss that out lightly because I know it's not easy. But that's our goal. That's our goal that every day we might become a little more like Jesus. As we travel this journey, we'd probably do well to remember that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And sometimes it seems like it's a marathon and everything's going uphill. You ever have those days? You know, normally if you go up a hill, you go down a hill, but Good golly, sometimes it seems like you go up a hill and then you go up the hill and then you go up the hill and it keeps going. Gosh, it was 15 years ago, I guess, when Priscilla and I uh, went to the UK to see Tom and Lorraine Root. And on our last day, we were trying to get to the tube and we had, well, we had overpacked just a little. you know, and, and she had a suitcase and, and in one arm and I had a suitcase in each arm and a bag under an arm and a garment bag over my shoulder. And we get there and the escalator in the tube station is out of order. I don't know that they were ever in order, but anyway the whole week we were there. But we looked up and we quickly realized that we were about four stories underground. That's one of the amazing things about the London Underground is is how deep it goes. And we looked up and we carried ourselves up to that first level and stopped for a second and then we looked up and thought, oh my gosh, there's another one. And of course, you know, we've got people backed up behind us and and I, I promise you that when you're in London, it's like you have American tattooed across your forehead. They, they know, they recognize you, and they treat you with the appropriate disdain. <laughs> We're on the third sequence of escalators going up. And I hear my sweet wife in front of me saying, I can't do this anymore. I said, Priscilla, we've got one more layer. We can do this. We can do this. We get up, fourth layer up, escalator still not working. And about two thirds of the way up, I hear this thud. And then I hear her say, Jim, I can't do this anymore. I'm stopping. And I said, Okay, we got a problem. Because I'm hearing the people behind us, and they're not happy. But that whole day, it seemed like we spent going walking up the escalator. And there are just days like that. There are weeks like that. Sometimes there are seasons in our life like that. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. I still don't understand why they say the world's fastest human is the winner of the 100 meter dash. Why is it the world's fastest human the winner of the marathon? Who's really faster? So don't forget. Maintain perspective. When your children are young, when they're preschoolers, you think, good Lord, just get us out of this stage. And then they get to be adolescents. And you think, Lord, just help me not to choke the life out of them. (laughs) And you think, gosh, when they get grown when they're adults, it'll be so much easier. It's not! (laughs) It's a marathon. Not a sprint. We do well to remember. The writer says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. What's the old Gospel hymn say? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim." in the light of His glory and grace. When we're about done in, when we're about to give up give up hope, then more than ever, we need to keep our eyes, keep our eyes on Jesus. The author, the pioneer, the trailblazer, the one who shows us how to go. I don't know if it's doing justice to the Greek or not, but in my mind, uh, I imagine being on a trek through the jungle and having that person in front with the big old machete that knows how to use it, that's knocking down the obstacles to clear a path that we can reach our destination. And so Jesus clears a path for us that we might follow Him. Now, if we're going to follow Him, we need to remember something. Back up for a second. When somebody asks me, or a new believer asks me, I, you know, I, I want to start reading my Bible. Where should I start? I always tell them, read the Gospels. And when you're done, read them again. And when you've finished them a second time, read them a third time get to know Jesus get to know the stories of Jesus hear the words of Jesus see the example of Jesus that you can follow Jesus because if we read the stories of Jesus and we decide we want to follow that Jesus we need to know that it's calling us to a life to a journey of service After all, if the leader says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve, then if we're going to follow Him, seems like a pretty good clue, I would think, to serve others. And that will involve sacrifice. And I don't know, folks, that may well be the four-letter word of our culture today. The sacrifice to set aside my needs, my desires, my wants to serve someone else in the name of Jesus. People, we need to remember something. It's not about being right. Does anybody work with anybody or know anybody that has to be right all the time? Annoying people, they really are. And there are people that would burn the building down rather than admit they might possibly maybe could, under some circumstances, not be completely right. You know some people? When Jesus went to the cross, He was right. but he didn't speak up for his rightness because love was his greater motivation. If we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to serve. And to serve will call us to sacrifice. And that sacrifice just may well involve some suffering. there aren't many of us that are going to live with situations where our public profession of faith in Jesus might seriously put our physical lives at risk. Okay? We're not living with that kind of martyrdom. But there are times that we will still be called to set aside our own interests our own desires to give up our ways and our wants for the service of others. Oh, and remember, you've got help. Jesus, who endured the cross, suffered its scorning, its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God So consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you don't grow weary and lose heart. You've got help. You've got Jesus. You've got His example. You've got His teaching, His words. You have Him living within you, at work within you. You've got the Spirit. The Spirit that indwells us as believers. Sometimes challenging us. Sometimes chastising us. But always with us. We're never alone. And remember, remember, you've got community. We talked earlier about God not creating Lone Ranger Christians. We have certainly experienced in the last two and a half years through the pandemic, the importance of community. That the isolation that COVID thrust upon us may well have been a a greater burden than the physical challenges of the virus. But we're slow to figure. I think we've physically rebounded from COVID better and quicker than we have mentally and socially and emotionally rebounded from it. We've still got a ways to go, but we don't have to do it alone. We have a community, we have a church. We have those friends who will stand with us, who will laugh with us, who will cry with us. who will just be there. It's a tough road. It's a long road, this great journey of life. But folks, don't forget, you're not alone. Don't worry. It's not easy. You're not the only one struggling. And it's a marathon. It's a grind but we're called to keep our eyes on Jesus. He'll show us the way. He'll walk with us on that way as we join that great cloud of witnesses. Let me pray for us. God, how we love You and thank You for Your great love for us. We thank You for the gift of Jesus Jesus, in whom is life, death, and resurrection. We find forgiveness and freedom and life abundant. God, help us, help us to not grow weary and lose heart. Help us to draw strength from one another. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. And help us to live faithfully as Your children. Well, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The band's going to lead us in our closing song. We do this to provide for you opportunity to stop and think about where and how you've heard God at work, uh, heard God's voice speaking this morning, today, this week. And as God calls you to response, For some of us, that's going to mean when we step outside this place that things will be different. Not just that it's cool in here and it'll be hot outside, but that it will leave this place with a clearer understanding of what God is calling us to and of the life that God has ahead for us. For some of us, there may be more specific forms of commitment. Perhaps saying yes and taking that first step of faith and trusting Jesus. or, Or maybe taking taking steps of faith as a believer towards church membership or baptism. I'll be here at the front. We'll be glad to talk with you, to pray with you. There are friends in, in this place today that will love on you and will walk with you. But let this be our time as we've heard God's voice to heed his call.